was were you excited for it uh actually i was kind of weirded out by it when it actually started like oh this is happening yeah this is actually going on like it's like i mean i was 13 it was a bat i had no idea what i was getting involved with i was 13 years old i I got utterly blindsided by the entire experience of moving to Oakland. it was such a culture shock I, i could not believe how bizarre it was you know and just how it was just Whatever. I mean, my stepfather was Jewish, and that was like you might as well have had a horn to that fucking tail. I mean, it was just there were no people. Of, there were no people of color. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I wonder if I, I wonder mean literally the, no people of color. I wonder you what know? the diversity of that area is now. I've actually looked it up. I've looked it up. Like, and it's there's actually a large Hmong population there because it's actually a very Lutheran city. Yeah, the Hmongs. Uh, Laotian. You know, oh. the, the, you know the, the people in a, in a, in a, uh, what was the movie with Clint Eastwood? Mine sounds like a tribe of warriors. Well, I, I think I think it is like a like a sort of nation or tribe, whatever. The, in in the mountain people in uh in Laos, who they were very much a Zulu shit. They were very much uh, supportive. Of, I mean, they were U.S. backed and U.S. supported and and you know allies with the United States. So they came over. To, like when I was a kid growing up, boat people was a big term. Was oh, like that sounds terrible. Like, oh, the boat people are coming over. But but it was like because that that was the racist group you feared then. They're all coming over here. Yeah, I bet you that World War Two really put that in full force. Why? It, that was. It's funny. I talked to people from World War Two and you know, that of that era, and you think like, well, was everyone? Did everyone know Hitler was a bad guy? And they're like, well, yeah, we did. But the real hatred was towards the Japanese for bombing Pearl Harbor. I mean, they fuck people hated the Japanese. Well, I didn't realize hated until them. I really learned about it that that's, that is what put America into the war. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like before then, we were just like, ah, we're going to let them deal with this. Well, you know, but... We but did, the, actually, we did in World War II what we should have done with almost every war that happened after <laughs> World War II. <laughs> just n- not get involved just for a while? Just not get in fuck involved. <laughs> we should have just let... W- well... I mean, you were more around in that era, but like, do well, you not think in World War Two for crying out loud. No, well, I'm not saying that Vietnam. Well, Vietnam. Like, do you think we should have? Because there's a big debate on whether or not we should have even gotten involved in Vietnam. Well, we're taking a diff. We're going from Greece to, we're watching, to Vietnam. Well, I haven't even said it yet. We're watching Greece Two. <laughs> Greece uh, Two is on right now, which is Russell Brown. This guy looks like Brad fucking Pitt. Oh, the guy on the left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure when Pitt first came into into Hollywood, this movie like, has a vibe of like we're gonna break some stars. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna bust this. Yeah, absolutely. And it just did not. No happen. way. Well, except for Michelle Pfeiffer, she got broke with this. So this was like no one heard of her. But this is pre Xanadu. Oh well, she wasn't in Xanadu. That was Olivia Newton John. Olivia Newton John. Yeah, was in Xanadu. This is that they go to a fallout shelter, and this guy is a nerd who in writes this? the term papers. He writes term papers for all the cool kids in the fallout shelter. In the fallout shelter, and then you know, and then like. It's this, such an uh, to- like a sign of the times that there's just fallout shelters. Well, around. I was I was so afraid of nuclear war in the early '80s, Keith. I thought about building a fallout shelter. That's how afraid of nuclear war. That's how the Cold War was so was so. I, I was a teenager. I didn't know. I was a young teen. The world was so disturbing that I was like, my God, we have to have a fallout. You see, he's giving. This guy's been an act. He's been in things. You've seen him before. This guy looks like all these people look not like children. I know. <laughs> I know. It's like he's 32 years old and he's playing a 17 year old in couple high school. Bucks here. I got a couple bucks for you. You know, it's like Luke Perry in, in, in Beverly Hills 90120, whatever, you know. 90210. 90210. Yeah, 210 or 120. It's a real area code. Do, do you know, I, I never really watched that show. And that was like, although I was, I was a little bit too old for it. Uh, I was also a little too young. Like, I didn't very much watch it. I remember uh, the shows of that era, I remember, are Blossom, 
I remember 902 being on, but I never really watched it. I remember Melrose Place. Uh, Melrose Place. Well, that was the was adult t- version of 90210. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was an Aaron Spelling production, too. So it was, yeah. It was hilarious. Dude, it was that so guy funny. is, he made so many fucking shows. Well, Dallas this, the, Dynasty. The, I mean, he, had, he, he had one of the... Um, that was the big thing, like, like the biggest mansion in, in Beverly Hills. Like he had some literally a sixty room mansion, you know. So it was crazy. I went golfing on uh, Tuesday night with uh, Mike Holmes and C.J. Sullivan. Did there you go. Does C.J. golf good? Oh yeah, absolutely. C.J. is a decent golf. He's a high school golfer. This guy's so drawing a enough. pussy on the board here. Well, it, well, it's a sex. That that's Tab Hunter, the now deceased Tab Hunter. Uh, he, he was a heartthrob of the fifties. Uh, God punched the tab, as they say. Well, well, tab was, but this is this is a song called "Reproduction." Where does the pollen go? This is probably maybe the worst of the Grease Two song, and for that reason, it needs to be brought up. This tab. is such a hard swing from Grease Lightning, which is a song about eating pussy, <laughs> to this, which is an educational number. Well, yeah, it, it is during a to, to paint the picture for you all listening right now. They are in a sex education class. I got a Playboy mag behind my book. <laughs> Tab Hunter, who was gay, just died in the past, like within yeah. the past year. So he knew nothing about vaginas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, who's that dude with the curly hair in the back? That's like a legit guy. That's fucking. Oh, I don't know. Actually. Oh, that's uh, he's from Dirty Work. Not Ray. I think that that's not Ray Wise. Let's look up Grease Two Cast. Oh, we, we 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 can't do this, right? If we're gonna if we're gonna have uh if we're gonna have our, our podcast, we might have to pay some sort of, you know. Oh, it's the, that's what as long as you can't hear it. it well, fine. I wanted to hear the song because it's so bad. Yeah, we can't hear that the song. woman. That woman was actually in we Greece could, too. but I have to take it out of the background. Tab Hunter, who was actually got kind of an interesting story. I actually watched a biography on him. You know, he was Tab a, Hunter. Yeah, yeah, he was he was a huge. Star that's when you know the, the Bio Channel shouldn't be a channel because. There's no no earthly reason Tab Hunter should have an hour of television. In the 50s, he was a huge star. He was a child star in the 50s. He was a, he was a really handsome man. But uh, That guy's also, name in the back of the row is is Christopher McDonald. But what, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. That, that guy, he's, he's been in a Star, Star Trek Next Generation episode. Shooter and, McGavin from Happy Gilmore. Wow, oh, so he was in Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a big movie. You know, I never seen Happy Gilmore. It's that, that, great. That's not of my time. It's period. great. You know, I know people who love it. Oh man, here he's, it goes. Yeah, he's starting to sing. A oh, song. they're all dry humping. They did a little dry hump there. Yep. Oh God, it's so. He can't sing for bad. shit. It's so bad. It can't be him singing. Are there that? I wonder if Those they did Those twins a, at a show in the early 80s. If too, they did a reverse Peter Chris. So in the movie Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park, have you ever seen that movie? I've seen parts of it. Uh, that It's not Peter Chris's voice in that movie. I think he was so loaded. Yeah. And he literally couldn't even deliver they, lines. They dub it with this guy that talks like this. <laughs> hey, Paul. This is what we do. Is he like a gay New Yorker? It's, hey. Yeah. <laughs> like he's like a working man gay New Yorker? Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Where does the pollen reproduction, reproduction? This is... Put her pollen, put your pollen mm. on her face. But yeah, these were all, I mean... Dude, that so chick in the bad. back wants to fuck Tab Hunter. And he does not want to have sex with her. Because oh, does she try? Because he boys. Does she try? Oh, yeah, well, no, no, of course. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm saying in real life. But um, here. Yeah, let's up, fucking pack up some... Yeah, but this woman on the left there, she was in the original Grease, if I'm not mistaken. 
Was is she? she? I don't know. She's pretty. I she what? God, it's, it's how old I am now. It's like she's pretty. Track. She's fifty-two. She's pretty. Are her and Tab gonna fucking dick down at some point? That doesn't happen. It's all innuendo, man. You know. So let's see if we know. Too. So let's see the failure that came out of Greece too. Christopher McDonald had a decent fucking career. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer lead. Max Caulfield. He's the Brad Pitt. Uh, okay, guy. he does not look the same anymore. Very he bald. Doesn't? No, look wow. at he shaved his head. That means he's got that fucking male pattern going on. So he's trying to have a different look. Yeah. Wow. Look at him. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He's aged. Well, we all get old. This is my one of my favorite games. I did this with the movie Golden Child is to see what the damage this movie caused to people's careers. Oh, they didn't. The bad guy in Golden Child is still in movies. Yes. He plays a British tough He's the only one. The director never made a movie after that. He never made a movie. Never made a movie. And Golden Child was a financial hit. Because, I mean, I remember that being like, that, that was when Murphy, Dude. Murphy started to grow in different directions. Like Murphy, and it was the era of him just wanting to do whatever the fuck he thought of. And every Eddie Murphy movie has a point in the movie where he has to talk about how big his dick is. That's amazing. Because you have to understand, I mean, Murphy... When I was at, first off, he saved Saturday Night Live. Everyone yeah. knows that. Coming to America is my, probably my in my top five of favorite movies of all time. When I well, I mean, Landis directed it. It's so racist. Oh, absolutely! But it's a great movie. And it's got funny lines, you know, because Lan, Landis directed him in Forty Eight Hours, which I think was his maybe, I think first, it was his flick, first movie. That was his first movie. I'm, I mean, that movie, and then of course, then, then it was Best Defense, which was a bomb. But Beverly Hills Cop and Trading Place. I mean, he directed not not you not in Forty Eight Hours. He directed him in Trading Place. So Adrian's Met. Uh, oh, yeah, the role of Johnny Nogarelli in Grease 2 and Officer Vince Romano from in TJ Hooker. Hooker. Yeah, he had a career for a while. From Chicago. We got Lorna Luft, which I believe is that big-titted teacher. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. See, anytime you see the word stage in their bio, they went through some failure. <laughs> so they did stage post-movie? Television, American television <sighs> stage and film actress God. and singer. That means she had to do so much other stuff after her career ended. She's wow. the daughter of Judy Garland and producer Sidney Luft, That's and half sister of Liza Minnelli. I was going to say, oh, so she doesn't need to work. She's I, th- got I thought that. Oh, I don't know, man. I mean, who knows? I don't know how they spent their Maureen money. Maureen. I mean, Tiffy. Judy Garland had nothing. Judy Garland had nothing. When Maureen Teefy. Who was she? Uh, she was. It just says in Greece too. Oh yeah, her the. Let's see what her film was. She was in Supergirl in 1984, which we all know what a fucking hit that was. After Grease 2, she did Legs, which was a TV movie. She was Lucy Lane in Supergirl. Sunset, Stagecoach Lady in Sunset. Disaster at Silo 7. What an 80s fucking title. Disaster at Silo 7. Was that a missile movie or was it a farming movie? It looks like it's a space movie. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Missile Silo number (laughs) 7 released into space. And what happened in space has not been discussed. Didi Khan, (laughs) who is the uh, Riz... Rizzo. Rizzo. Pamela Adlon. That's a current Pamela Adlon is like was like Louis C.K.'s partner. Really? Yeah. Not like sex partner, but, but like, like like writing. And, and she like did the voice of Bobby Hill on King of the Hill. She good for her. Yeah. Man. That that's a career. She's got her own show on <laughs> on Fox. It, now. It's so hilarious how this city, you know. <laughs> Or FX. <laughs> it's like all these. I want to be a star. No, just 
get a consistent check. To me, that's the success. Oh, completely. That is the success. I could give a fuck if people ever hear me. <laughs> I know. But if you can get a check every two weeks, you know, do it. You know, give it a shot. All I need is the 35 subscribers of this podcast. <laughs> and, and so on to talk to their and, friends and, and to build it up. And, and, and open mic sets at the improv lab <laughs> to keep me going. To keep you going, man. That's what really gets my fucking engine turning. So, yeah, I, I, went, uh, I went golfing on Tuesday. With uh, with Holmes and uh, this is the scene where he's developing his superpower, Keith. He's learning how to ride a motorcycle. Is this the dork? And this is Frenchie. She's like the only one from the first movie that yeah. really of the main characters that's actually. In she's the still movie. wearing the pink ladies jacket, but there's she no other <laughs> pink ladies. <laughs> you know. Anyway, they all graduate. They all went to college, and Riz <laughs> and she of they course went to junior college. Yeah, and know. she of course is a failure. Exactly. Because she she's still hanging out at the high school, man. Like yeah. four years later. She dropped out of beauty school. <laughs> beauty school dropout. Exactly. That's, dude, that's what I think is so upsetting about this movie is because the first Grease is such a great fucking movie with good songs. Did you see they're doing a prequel called Summer Nights? Oh, is it about their, their relationship? It's going to be summer? about the summer fling. Wow. But you don't more. need it because that's what the song Summer Nights is about. <laughs> we know the story. They fucked on a beach. <laughs> I, I think he fingers her. I think if you listen to the subtext of the song, he fingers her. He, he gets to third base. He, they they make out <laughs> under the dock, but he go he does a humping well, motion. Well, yeah, when you're under the dock, it's like that, that that's innuendo. They actually, I'm sure, going under the dock when you were in Atlantic City in 1961. I wonder if they fucked like, under happen. the dock that Otis Redding sat on. Like if that's <laughs> if music was like a fucking comic book, that would be the fucking. But this movie, what were we saying before? I was saying how, how terrible this movie was. Oh, because like Greece was so great yeah. that like when this came out, I'm sure people were so let down by the quality of it. Yeah. Oh, oh no. I remember this movie was, this movie was terrible. I mean, I, I remember people talking about this. The summer of '82. Summer of '82. This had stiff competition. Let me tell you the movies of summer of '82 off the top of my head. Poltergeist. That's a good which, one. Which I saw four times. My 13 year old in the theaters. Yes, in the theaters. That's how much I liked Poltergeist. When I See, used to go to movies multiple Poltergeist times. Poltergeist 2, to me, is a better sequel. Because they, oh, they show Kane the whole time. So bad. By the way, the it character... It sure plays, is a good day outside. <laughs> to me, Even to me. Even on a rainy day. Th- th- that's Jack McBrayer in 30 years. He'll play... <laughs> that oh, dude, character. he could do it right now. If I remade Poltergeist, <laughs> Jack McBrayer would be Kane. <laughs> I at one time Henry knew Kane. Jack McBrayer as I drop a name. Oh, there <laughs> you go. Old fading. That's <laughs> hilarious. But I no. once called Jack McBrayer a pussy. To his face? No, no, <laughs> God, no. I, I, he was a he's a completely nice guy. Oh, dude, totally. He's, I feel he bad. totally Conan, deserves all of his success, man. Conan O'Brien always makes fun of him, which I, it's like a joke, but I still always feel so bad for him. Well, he it's you know he's such a good human. He's such a good guy. He looks know? like a guy that just he he looks like a eunuch. Where like if you, if there's anyone if you line up someone you're like which one of these men has no genitals you would point at Jack McBrayer. Well, he had this weird Southern upbringing, I think, you know. But I knew him when he was in the Second City ETC stage when I briefly dated Angela Shelton. <laughs> the comedy career of Adam Croce is my trajectory in 1999, 20 years ago. So I, I knew I also knew him through Deb Downing and and Pete Gross. I always get fascinated by when you date your experiences about like, what was I doing? 99, I was very upset because the Cubs were coming off a, a wild card year and they sucked. Yeah. So you were, you, were in, in you were in baseball mode. You were still a kid. Yep. Sammy Sosa hit 66 home runs that year. No, 63. Yeah, I think. He's he the only a, baseball player in the history to hit 60 home runs three seasons. Wow. 
he was so roided out. He was jacked, dude, and his bat and his bat was corked. Yep. Well, he was smart, man. He made his money, you know. Yeah, baseball was very, very good to him. It was, yeah. It was also. I remember when he was on the juice, his head—it looked like a shrunken head. You'd buy it some point. Oh, and you then know. to add to it, he had that wad of sunflower seeds in his mouth. And, and then his, sh- but his shoulders were so massive because he was so juiced up, you know. And his head was like this teeny little pinhead. It's like, it, I mean, the juice was so, you know, that's crazy. Yeah, that was a big story at one time, doing the juice. Remember they tried to bring it, they bring him into Congress and stuff in like 06? Yeah, dude, we're, we're, we're going to make fucking... the baseball union look ridiculous. He's like, this is like preposterous that you're making this some Republican story. This Rafael is like... Palmero legit committed perjury. <laughs> God, what a weird, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, he said, he, I've never, ever and then he get like two years later he failed a drug test. <laughs> it's hilarious, you know. And like I mean, Clemens completely lied to Congress, you know. But it's like this: what a weird, petty thing for W for George W. Bush to to want to have happen, yeah. to want to have like the the baseball union like you know brought out and exposed for what frauds they are, because you know, and like you know, and no one really gives a shit now. I remember when it was going on then, I was like. There's so many other issues you should be caring about. What a bizarre distraction to, to make us not pay attention to the failed Iraq war. Yeah. You know? The failed Iraq war and the f- whatever and, and the war during in that, Afghanistan. During that court case, you know? they were just beheading American journalists. <laughs> but also, just like, I mean, it wasn't working. You know, it, 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 you know, if it had happened and like all of a sudden gas got less expensive or something, it's like, okay, well, hey, maybe this is kind of worth it. You know, it was such a prefabricated nonsense war when I look back on that and it's been a while now since it's been over you know it's like people forget like the situation we're gonna bowl tonight this is the song we're gonna bowl tonight this is getting close to the climactic scene I think you know can their jeans get any tighter oh dude so tight late late 70s early 80s jeans when I was first wearing jeans were so tight and I remember being embarrassed because I had no ass I had this white boy ass oh he's in the first one yeah he is he's the crater face guy that yeah, fucking yeah. that Kanicki fucking the rest in peace Rob Con- or Conway Jeff Conway this guy's dead too actually the guy who plays this guy's dead he died of AIDS in 95 no shit yeah, yeah absolutely was he gay oh yeah Oh yeah! What an ugly man. Yeah, that would have been difficult <laughs> to be that and then have to go to, oh. have to go to gay bars. That was definitely he was getting like, <laughs> "I'm fucking you because we're just gay," and like, yeah, and, and you have a little bit of a career here. Just you know what I mean? In the closet, gay sex. He only fucked dudes that were in the closet. Yeah, I th- yeah, God, yeah. Just yeah. like you're my only option here. Wow, what a uh, what a life. <laughs> what to be gay or to have AIDS? Wouldn't it, both, man. At that time. It is just, again, I always talk about this. It is so much more different now in terms of the acceptance of it. Dude, you know? I was talking about Ryan White at the improv. You were? The other day. Because <laughs> I was talking about shit that I, like, sh- legitimately shit that I remember from, like, fourth grade because I wow. went to school in Indiana. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, we took a whole history of Indiana class. And the I'm only sure that was that, interesting. Oh, dude, it's <laughs> thrilling. Where does the term Hoosier come from? And you know, I, we're the crossroads state. What a bad state Indiana is. And I, the only things I remember from it is that there's a town called Muncie. <laughs> yes. And Ryan White. Yeah, Ryan White was the big AIDS voice. And people in didn't know who Ryan White was because they were like, Christ. it was. I was talking to a kid who was 24, and he goes, Ryan White, and I was like, dude, Ryan White like normalized AIDS. You know, well, like, yeah, the, it was because of him. 
that like everybody thought it was a gay disease before Ryan White because he was a hemophiliac. He got it. He had to get blood transfusions and he got AIDS blood. That was all that gay conspiracy to get the pressure off of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because they were dying by the bushel load. Like I hate that the whole conspiracy. load. You know what I mean? I mean, seriously, it was a, a bushel of fags died I mean, this it, week. It, 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 it was people were dying left and right. You know, that's that's, that's the way it was portrayed. Or, that was also the way it was portrayed. Was it? I mean, it, it was a, you know, it obviously was an epidemic. But and that probably is also a time where they probably could say fag on the news. <laughs> oh, of course, man. I mean, it was just said constantly, man, all the time. Do you have you ever seen that the the the, uh, the eighties? You know, on CNN they had the thing. Oh, that's one year. of my favorite documentaries it's a pretty good or one. whatever. And, and I mean, when I watch it, it's disturbing because I literally remember almost everything in there. Like, it's not like this oh, is that's not your news peak, to that's me. your peak childhood. That's that's, that's my that's, teenage years. Well, not well. Know? Okay, then, because I was gonna yeah. say that's the nineties for me. But I was a very aware child. Yeah, like I feel like I was overly aware of stuff. Yeah, we were born on 87. Yeah, exactly. Well, I also... Because even when I was in high school, people like my... Like, I had seen every episode of MASH by the time I was a young kid. (laughs) Like, I just knew about things that... that Nerd obsessions. I knew about things that my adult teachers knew about. And I remember we always got along because they were... Like, they would always say, like, you're a very mature young man. Yeah, well, yeah. (laughs) Cut to 20 years later, sitting on my couch watching Grease 2 with a 50-year-old permanent adolescent. you know what? (laughs) Yeah. It's hilarious. (laughs) This is the first reveal when he shows up for the first time. Standing in the shadows. I know. It's it's just, God, so dangerous. God, think of directing this. I mean, come on. They knew it was crap. Uh, But anyway, with uh, It looks like they skimmed. I I, want to say this about the age of the word fact. This thing about the 80s, I, I, I don't remember this. They, they showed it. I was watching it, you know. And they had this final clip before they went to commercial. This, this guy ran for mayor in Houston in like 1987, you know. He ran, and, and they asked, well, what's the first thing you would do if he became mayor? He's like, I'd quick uh, kick out all the queers and the faggots. I mean, I mean, he just literally, and like, just had this big old smile and was laughing, you know. That was like on air. And I was just like, yeah. That's why whenever I... When I talk, when when your generation obsesses over the '80s and they think it's just like fun time, I think or something, or they also think the technology is so goofy that it's kind of like funny to them, you know? Yeah, but, like but, Betamax. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, But you know what? Like you know what? And shit. But but the fact is, the homophobia was just absolutely front and center. Do you know man. what did that though? Is uh, those I love the '80s TV shows from VH1 because you had all these comedians. I would have had success in comedy. I, w- I would have been on well, those. You, it was perfect. Speci- my mind. Spe- it was. I mean, it was right up my alley. That was a New York thing. That was a specifically yeah. New York thing. If you were a club comedian in New York, Pete you Holmes very much probably would have. That's what broke him. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and yeah, it was on. And then they had no Pete Holmes. I think it was on Best Week Ever, which was at the same time. It was a comparable type of show. Though. Yeah, yeah. It was the same production style. Yeah. You go yeah. in a room, and that's what they said all it was. And that's what. Maybe they were. Some of them were in the same room, but they basically said you went, you sat in a chair behind a blue screen, in front of a blue screen. Yeah. And a cameraman would just say topics to you, and yeah. you would riff. Yeah. And the, because it gave the vibe that it was like Hollywood squares, that they're like, you see the same background and a bunch of people talking and you're like, oh, they must be in the same room, like all talking about. Oh, the yeah. 80s. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like the, the illusion, when you yeah. find out about production styles like that, it really does kind of kill the quote. Like everyone, once I found out that like how kind of tedious it was and the, oh, licks yeah, she's her lip. so hot, dude. Hey, she's very her face is very pretty. You know, by I mean, climax, they, they, Adam Crocious meant this is when a, <laughs> when Michelle Pfeiffer gets wet in the movie. Wait, yeah, and I, I had early bone, early bone watching this. 
So yeah, that kept <laughs> you in it at least. Yeah, well, she a, a strong. This was, I didn't see it in the theater though. Summer of eighty two. Croesus was invested in the spank bank. Summer of eighty two. Okay, Poltergeist. Let's go back to Poltergeist. Okay, E. T. My favorite movie of all time. E. T. Huge. The uh, movie Tron with Jeff Bridges, which I saw in the theater. I saw a bunch of movies. I was like completely when I moved to Wisconsin. It was such a jarring experience. I knew nobody there, so I was just completely alone and isolated. You know, and my mom was miserable there. She was so unhappy. Oh, because you, well, from the what I gather, your mom was hot, and <laughs> she was just like I used to be near D.C., dude. I know, and it's like, like but she young, married this guy, and it was a mistake. It was a mistake, but he, she married him. You yeah. Know? So and she had to live with that mistake for a while. And then know? yeah, now I'm in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. You I know? got a good rack and, and, and a good brain, and, and she's pretty. You yeah. Know? And, and then she was like. She didn't like the people there, so she she would go oh, back. They were, was it still as liberal as, as it is now? Or it so is she not ca- liberal. So man. she came in and she was like these fucking uh, racist people. The, 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 that was the biggest thing. I I noticed that as a thirteen year old, as a thirteen year old, which you at that time you probably shouldn't be aware of that, but I was a pretty aware kid. You know, See, I was living aware. in D.C., you know, I had a good five years of like from eight to 13. I had an awareness going on. See, you know? I was aware because it was in my home. Yeah. Like even my mom a little bit, who's a really good person, mm-hmm. was pretty kind of racist. Oh, and, and, and my mom was not. Not in an evil way, man. just yeah, what yeah. she would like. My family called black people N-words. It wasn't. Yeah. I would even almost defend and say it wasn't out of hate. It's, it's just, just that's what they did. It's just what they called them. Yep. And spook. And oh, all sorts man. of shit. Spook is terrible. You know? Like, that was... It's just what I grew up with. But I remember... I don't even remember what caused this, but I remember at an early age just yeah. realizing, like, this is not... Like, whatever... The, like, whenever they bring up race, I yeah. just don't listen. Yeah. Like, I, I would almost, like, acknowledge that it was racist. And I think through my humor, I think, like, that's how I develop my sense of humor of yeah. liking offensive shit, almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. as a defense. Because I knew yeah. how to, like, well, yeah, they say that shit, but, like, whatever. Yeah. Like, I, I acknowledge that it's wrong, and I'm not going to do it, but... Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I mean, I remember, I, I had a great uncle, Jer- not Jerome, Clifford... Oh, Sid Caesar's in this too. He actually is from the. They have a few sprinklings of the yeah. first. It's like three or four actors from the first one. All the ones all that the, needed the money. Exactly. Sid Caesar was like, "Damn it, I got, I, I got to pay my liquor bill over See, at, over at Ye Rustic Inn." Well, that was. <laughs> I got a liquor. I got a liquor bill of twelve thousand bucks. Fuck, you know, I got to pay that off. Well, that raises the question. <laughs> What was John Travolta? Like, didn't John Travolta, was he around in 82? Oh, yeah, but Travolta had become huge. He had become bigger than this. He couldn't do this. Dude, it would have been so much better. Well, of course. Also, what are you, you going to do with Grease 2 with all the same cast? They probably didn't have enough cash for it, too. Just Who have knows? them as kids. It would be their kids. The, this is a scene where he tries to seduce her in, 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 in the bomb shelter. Like, and she's a virgin. Let's do it for our country. The red, white, and the blue. Why? Let's do it for our country. Like He's putting it in patriotic terms, like having sex with her. It's such a, you know, it's a, you know musicals. Uh, are pretty bad for the. Are most you gonna part. fuck They're me bad. with this candle, Johnny? <laughs> no, she's got a no. candle in her hand. Like no, this, she's, this she's is like, the era of the flashlight. You could have a flashlight. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, is it Dracula? Is that what's trying to be like the back, the wall there? Oh, look, Christopher Dun- Christopher <laughs> McDonald's gonna jerk off. Well, look at that door. I know. Well, that's. I wanted to get a. I wanted to get a, a bomb. I was gonna make a fallout shelter in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. I also think I was also under a <laughs> emotional nuclear war with, in my family structure. 
But the point <laughs> is, my mom, you know, came from this, you know, feminist Unitarian church, going to Wisconsin, and it was. I remember, I remember noticing this too. I was like, the first question I was asked was, like, "Well, what church do you go to?" That was one of the first questions you were asked. And I remember being like, that was just jarring to me. That that wasn't what the banter was amongst my friends and people I knew in the Washington D.C. area. You yeah, did, you didn't really talk, and it wasn't, you know, it was innocent enough. It wasn't, you know. But I remember being like, well, but I don't go to church. And there was a real, like, there was kind of a shutdown. They weren't, like, didn't totally blow me off, but that that was a difference. Like, I was different as a result of that. Because you, you wanted know? to go to church? No, because I didn't want to go. I didn't go didn't to, I didn't go to go. church, you know. I, did, I mean, we went to Unitarian church, but it was not. Yeah, that's you know, fucking pure hippie shit. You know, it, there, it was not, like, old school Catholic. No, you know? yeah. Because my mom was not a fan of religion in this country at all, you know, which I actually respect her for that, like, a lot. Like, there's certain things, yeah, she was nuts, but there were certain things where it's like, no, she was right about certain things. And one of them is the, the bizarre religiosity because she didn't like the role of women in the church. They weren't really, they, they didn't really have any status or anything. See, they dude, we like, grew up in such opposite circumstances. Like, I remember my parents were racist and super religious. Yeah, well. And, like, my dad the even The two would say, often go hand in hand. And, like, know? my dad even would say, he would be like. One of I, the gaping he'd flaws be like, of you know, religion. I don't, I'm not like crazy, but I definitely believe in God. I remember my dad used to tell me that the world was going to end in 2000 and, or 2004, I think was his fucking mark. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And I was just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, it seems so silly. I remember in 04, I called him on it. Oh, totally. Because as it got, as it got later in the years, he kept backing down more and more. No, no, it's 06. No, 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 it's 09. Yeah. Well, no, he just kept. Yeah. Because he, because it's ridiculous. Here's where he was wrong too. Back when I was a kid, he would say 2004 world's going to end. Because he said, he goes in the Bible, it says there's going to be a prolonged period of peace before the apocalypse (laughs) comes. And the 90s was very peaceful. So in 1994, this was a good call. The best generation of my life. It's the peak of human civilization. Well, it's post-Cold War. The Cold War had been lifted, and that was a real, like, the Cold War was a, you know, it was an energy suck and it was a financial suck and it was a, you know, it dominated the consciousness for 46 years and it was over. That's that's a major, that's a, that's one of the things I always notice about like your generation because you didn't go through that experience. Oh yeah. And, and it's, I'm, no, I'm that's what a judgment. I, I'm just saying, you know, I'm just saying. Oh totally. So we grew difference. up in a totally pampered time. And, and, and the economy time. was roaring. It was peaceful. Uh, the government was in the black four Clinton years in a row. Clinton was around and everybody loved him. I think it was a very politically uh, you like harmonious time. It freaked the Republicans out, by the way. It freaked they didn't because they they thought when Reagan won and then Bush won again that, that the White House was just permanently going to be a fixture for them. And Clinton put you know whatever because there was the third party candidate, Perot, which was the kind of Trumpers of that time, you know, split the vote and Clinton got in and Clinton did a very good job. Clinton was you know how fucking wild it is now is people. That's how much it's flipped is like you just said Ross Perot was like the Trumper of the time. Yeah. People love Ross Perot now. Like what? it like I I've said I've heard liberal people be like, dude, fucking Ross Perot was the shit. He did it all on his own money. Like I don't think people are realizing the stuff he actually believed in. I think they're just looking at like yeah. he didn't take money from Wall Street, man. Yeah. Yeah. He like was that. Wall Street. Yeah, well, I mean the whole, trust me. 
everyone takes money from some level or another from Wall Street. You, if you're a part of the economy on the planet, Wall Street's going to have its fingers. Oh, that in it. too, and that's, that's just what it is. That's why I know? don't like when any blown you get from a bank for a business. What do you think it's being sold? You know. Well, that's just, why I don't like when people change their when people give flack flack. What the what is this fucking Leave It to Beaver? Yeah. When yeah, people yeah. give you're, shit, you're talking to me. When people give <laughs> shit to like politicians who change their political affiliation to join an election. Yeah. Like, everyone gets on Bernie for, like, he didn't run as a socialist. Like, yeah, because he's smart. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. It's fine. I, yeah, it's also yeah that whole faux, like, he didn't have the... Yeah, you can say that. Actually living that life, and, and you, you're playing... You're a political animal. You know what I mean? It's like, you, there are certain things you have to take into consideration. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, there's a certain calculus you're making when you make your decisions. And even you know? on a larger sense of, like, when people get upset at people on the right for not calling Trump out enough, like... To you, this isn't your livelihood. Like, you're just a person, like, you're a citizen, like, it affects you. Yeah. But these politicians on the left and the right, I totally get why someone's just a party whore and just like, I'm just trying to keep my job, man. Because <laughs> if you think about it, like, if what's well, been turned Repu- into that? In theory, for like a high profile Republican to well and truly turn on the Republican Party and probably speak his mind, because there probably are a lot of Republicans that are a little left leaning. Well, not even left. And, they just realize this guy's a lunatic. Yeah. Matter about their, they, they, they see but a liar. You the have, Mormons, they don't fucking trust this you guy. Have Give to, me a break. You have to look at it like, as that person, okay, am I willing to speak out and never be able to put food on the table for my family again or, you're or, or, be or lose out on financial opportunity in the future gonna, yeah you know? and you're I mean, gonna be because if you well and truly fuck some shit up revolution style yeah. like drop some like go on the internet and drop some hardcore fucking <laughs> juicy like yeah. theory about yeah. like a republican killed kennedy or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah and you totally get excised from the party you'll either be killed by the illuminati <laughs> or like the, or, or a random lunatic or trump is the kind of guy to where he's like you'll i'll make sure you never fucking work again well gee do you think he holds a grudge do you think that's the way he goes through yeah. life that's one of his fundamental character that's, flaws trump reminds me you know? bringing it back to coming to america that <laughs> scene where uh, oh no this might be from fucking dirty work where there's a scene <laughs> where he fires one of his assistants for like fucking something up yeah and he just goes he goes this thing he goes make sure he's penniless jobless and <laughs> pantsless <laughs> he just like he was just like by the end of today I want this guy to be penniless jobless <laughs> and pantsless Trump seems like that kind of guy oh yeah well yeah because he's got that weird royalty streak in him he's so bad he is oh he's terrible he is so bad it, it, it's but he's running for re-election Dude, he he's this gonna week. get it i'm sorry oh I, I i believe me i think there's a decent chance of it happening i, I don't put it on the realm of possibility but the fact here, here's the nobody th- can go toe-to-toe with his shit talking uh but but it's also it's like you know to me it's like that don't don't necessarily do a debate either don't do one and i'm call you and call you a pussy so what why why do a debate with an absolute clown like that you know I mean, it would be great to see him get eviscerated. You know, if someone's quick enough and sharp enough. I yeah, kind of. I, mean, I, I think Bernie in his own way, because he would just be old. You now, Donald, you're doing that again. You're trying to separate people. You represent the rich. That's all you do. So, and he, I can just see him just like and just repeat that mantra for an hour and a half. Yeah, you old fart. You know, and just and like, no, you 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 divide people. You know, you're mean spirited. You hold grudges, and, and you're an embarrassment. Yeah, like, I can just see him like and just sticking to his guns like that. That's the only because he'd just be like an old Jew. You know. Like, you could kind of handle it. Oh, anyway. Yeah, throw some numbers at him, confuse him a little bit. Just a little. 
just to you know, it's like you know, outwit him in some you know, but just just to make him look kind of foolish. But you so need he someone fumbles a little bit. Also, you, know? you kind of can't. The rules are no longer a thing. Like you can't be civil anymore. I think oh, like oh, yeah. like you said a long time ago that someone needs to come out. And just be like, you have fucking, you're mobbed up, dude. Like, yeah. just fucking fuck, up, <laughs> fuck censors and just all the conspiracy theories about Trump, just talk about them. Yeah, I know. Like, I let's, know. let's throw journalism to the side <laughs> for know, this shit. I, know. I mean, yeah, really go like no holds barred. Like, no listen, holds barred. Your mom's what fat. <laughs> you're fucking. Your you old, know. His grandfather died under mysterious circumstances. Yeah. And, and, and he was caught up in like the in like the liquor and prostitution business in like the 19 Your grandfather teens. choked on a, di- on a got, cock because yeah, he, he, he was a homo. <laughs> like just that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just really just go like that level. Yeah, really get. I you know, want this debate to end in your mama jokes <laughs> like doing the dozens like dozen yeah. each other your mama is so fat she couldn't find shade in the shadow of the empire state building but no but no democrat can do that they're so boring i love elizabeth warren but she seems oh, like the type of person horrific. she seems like the type of person that trump could trump could make her cry on tv oh absolutely absolutely and, and relish in that fact and think it's cool oh and the republicans would, would love, love it. it they'd love it because they're such colossal assholes you know and, and they're all on board with this guy and this guy is uh you know, it, it's unprecedented. I mean, it, it's a real pivot point in this country's history. It's a real pivot point of, you know, what direction are we kind of headed? You know, and it's like, I mean, you listen, know what direction I think we're headed in? Pure chaos, dude. It's well, you know, that, that's always a theory watching too many freaking, you know. No, I don't mean like movie. fucking apocalypse. I'm just saying like we're there's never going to be a time ever again where people get along. It's going to be this. The, how it is now is yeah. reality. It's not going to. Yeah. No. Trump, he did what he said he was going to do. He broke the fucking system, which is but but you know that, that that's been his mo of his entire business career, and, and his four bankruptcies. You know, it's like it's amazing that he portrayed this image of success and people still buy it because they're so stupid. And this guy was a or actually a horrific business. Well, he was a smart businessman in the sense of you know working the system and manipulating. But he, you know, four bankruptcies. He had a three billion dollar bankruptcy in 1991. He couldn't get a loan on any you know Western credit you know a, a, any American bank. So he had to go overseas. That's when he started to really get mobbed up because he had to get mobbed up money. And I think Deutsche Bank was a place he got money from in Germany. I think they got some mob ties too. Whatever. It's also because organized crime is just a. This is a, this is a terrible song too. And microphones just appeared out of nowhere. Uh, yeah. It, it, it. And I don't like the lighting in this either. It's bad. It's so, yeah. <laughs> it's just bad. Lighting. It looks like they're like on the back of a truck and oh, just yeah, like they're, they're, in a high, a, they're in a high school fucking play you know what i mean that's all it is you know but anyway but i'm just going off on trump and the whole organized crime thing i mean yeah yeah just just call him up call him mobbed up donnie well i guess wait, is he going to come at you for a slander suit then yeah. try to sue you well okay well, well look at all the shit he said intelligence you know? should play no part in this next election <laughs> straight insults yeah. let's uh, I, I want you to i want people being accused of murder yeah, the, the, there's a real possibility it could turn into that. You know, it could really turn it, really turn into that. I'm, I want <laughs> that to amazing. happen for just because that's what it's going to take to beat him, and it would just be entertaining. It yeah, would be like it's, it would be like the movie The Running Man, but like fucking. But, but the hard feelings over that, like after he would leave as president, like okay, if he gets defeated, which I kind of think logistically, I, I know what his strategy is. CNN put it out this week, and they were totally right. 
and, and, but they didn't they didn't go deep enough in the sense of I mean he's, they're going to try to cheat like three times harder than they cheated last time too you know I mean that that's what will happen along with just I mean they're going to really badmouth candidates you know socialism you know he's a communist I mean they're going to really go after who he or she whoever the candidate is on that level and, and they'll just pound that message and then they'll pound their message of like hey you know our the economy is doing well you know and they already were framing it like you know the mean spirited policies of the previous administration killed the coal industry you know and it's just like listen coal is not is dying because it doesn't compete well enough in the global marketplace natural gas is a natural uh, uh, replacement for it or substitute for it that's the reason why natural i mean coal is dying it's not because it's over regulated or over taxed it's because it doesn't compete well enough natural gas is easier to transport it's cleaner to deal with it's losing up for that reason you know and the most of the world is getting off of coal now it coal used like to be the farts. main way Coal used to be the way that things were done in Eastern Europe until like the 1990s. Yeah. You know? So it's like, and for a lot of the planet, it still is coal, but it is dying a global death. This has nothing to do with the policies of the government. You know, so, but he'll portray it the way it doesn't matter. He'll portray it the way he's their voice. So he's an appeal to his base. They know who their base is and who they got to get their message out to. But he's not bringing anyone to the table. He's not bringing new people into the party, you know? If at all, it's just hardened with that. And uh, Now, maybe you can win with that. You can win with yeah. that. Just a hyper-motivated, like, 41% or 43%. Dude, you know you what know? I think this might... I think this might... And they'll throw out, like, two or three other candidates. A Jill Stein-type candidate. If Trump you know? wins re-election, I think the Democrats will vo- will vote to take away the two terms. And be like, you can only have one term. Now. I don't even know. Well, here's what's going to happen too. The Senate is really the Democrats have a very good chance of winning the Senate and getting rid of that prick, Mitch McConnell. You know, listen. Ooh, look at that P listen, that leveled out. You know, yeah, listen. Who Mason Verger? Cordell. You know, <laughs> when I said the name of God, yeah, you couldn't. Why look is it that you could look at my face, <laughs> but, but you cr- cringe when I say the name of God? God. <laughs> He's I the mean, best in that movie. Yeah, he had, oh, yes, Olman is pretty good at actually. Gorgeous. When he's listening to the pigs eat that guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the tape of it, you know? And he's just plotting his revenge against Lecter. He's always licking his lips. Cornell yeah. fucking gives him drinks of soda all the time. And, and then like and then <laughs> and then he gets outwitted by Lecter. He still gets outwitted by him, you know. It's amazing. Hey, he gets know? pushed into the pit of pigs. Exactly. And they eat him. Oh and then and he 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 played on the relationship tension between himself and his servant. He played on that, yeah. you know. Mitch McConnell looks like him. Exactly. And and, uh, and uh, he is just, he's, see, cl- you know, Trump is a clown. And in some ways, is, is entertaining. In his own kind of weird, offbeat way, is entertaining. See, that's what it's people It's unhealthy. It. It's unhealthy. See, that's where I'm different, because there's no some ways about it. He, I get a kick out of the stupid shit he says. <laughs> it is pretty amazing. I mean, it's, it's but, astounding but, that it's just, not even that it's truly funny, but just like, every time he says something where people get mad, I'm just like, dude, that's the president. I know. That's it, the leader of the free world just riffing. Uh, it, it, just it is, riffing out there. How in, I mean, this is how America has been. God, it's amazing. You know, the ugly American, the term the ugly American, big thing in Europe, obviously. And across the globe, this loud, kind of obnoxious figure. And that's how a lot of Americans are perceived across, perceived across the globe. And then now to have this guy be an ugly American to other Americans, too, it's just so gross. Yeah. It's such a gross strategy, you know, but yet very real, very real and happening, you know. So I just wonder about the long term effect of this. You know, it's like, so my point is, I, th- I think he's probably got a better chance of losing than winning. 
But he still has a chance of winning, absolutely. And anyone who thinks like, ooh, it's going to be some sort of landslide, it'll be 15 million. Listen, it's got to be more than 2.8 million votes. It needs to be 5 to 6 million votes that he loses by. So when he whines and says there's voting fraud, it just doesn't pass the smell test. And enough people are just like, no, that's just wrong, you know. There has to be enough public opinion about that because what's going to happen when he does lose or he's a good chance of losing, he is going to claim voter fraud. It's all the illegals who are voting, which is just like, that is such a fallacy. You think he's going to lose to Biden or Elizabeth Warren? I mean, to me, you know, and this is my view, you know, I think it's kind of, people have to, you know. It's got to be Joe Biden, And we're we're in in Hollywood and, oh, Kamala Harris, they'll just portray her as a female lesbian Obama or something, even though she's not even gay. You know I mean? They'll they'll just make shit up, you know, just to demonize her. It's got to be a fucking white dude. It's got to be a white dude that takes enough white dudes away from Trump. You don't have to get everyone back from Trump. If they get back 250,000 white people, then they're going to fucking win. You know, it literally has to be that small. It's a marginal analysis, you know. He won Wisconsin, Michigan, and and Pennsylvania by like a combined 80,000 votes or something. Or it was Ohio, Michigan, and Wisconsin. He won Wisconsin by like 15,000 or 22,000 votes. That was it, man. He almost won Minnesota. You know, I mean, but it was was all the, the marginal analysis. You have to just get enough white folk, white dudes like that who voted for him to get on your side. And you're only going to do that with a white dude. And so it's like, but, you know, then that strategy of, well, you're going to go for youth. The youth are going to be turned off by that. And then they won't come out to the polls as much. But it's like the fact is you you got to win certain states. You know, it's, it's what's so gross about the American electoral system is this electoral college has to go. But then you hear people like Mikey Manker say, no, it's going to infect white voting rights. Why should the state? White voting rights. Yeah, because they, they, they get, you know, more of a say because of the electoral college. So it's like, why should a vote in Wyoming count 11 times more than a vote in California when California is the most important state in the country by far, actually, even more than Texas. And How New many York. electoral votes do they get? Well, I think it's fifty-four. So the no, I'm saying count. Virginia or whatever you oh, said. No, it, it is. Um, it, it is. Uh, oh no, no, Wyoming. Uh, Wyoming gets. I think. What do they get? Do they get two? Then they get two. But that's disproportionate the amount of power because it, it's it's like five hundred thousand people in the state. No, no one shit. lives there. No one lives there. So it's a disproportionate amount of power with that. There's so it, more people in some cities than the entire state of Wyoming. Oh, absolutely. Oh, most. I mean, there's. Oh, how many? Were there fifty cities of a million people in this country, or thirty-five, or something? It's like I always wondered why those states never had f- like pro sports teams. They would make no money. Well, yeah, they can't do it exactly. I mean, so the college team ends up becoming the pro team, like in Iowa. You know, that's what it is. And the Wyoming, of Wyoming, the Cowboys. Yeah, or like New Mexico. Rest in peace, Ma- peace Matthew Shepard. Yeah, no kidding. You know, he went to the college. He did absolutely. You know, there, yeah. But my point is, is just, but, but that is what has to happen. I think for the Democrats to actually have a chance. But it is because uh, you got to win those those borderline states. You know that are, they're going to flip. Well, ones that you do, oh, barely won last time. So it's like. You got to have a can, you know. And if it's a person of color, which of course, I mean, Camilla Harris or something like that, of course they're qualified, they're intelligent, better than we have. And I don't think Camilla Harris has done enough in national politics to. But be you the know, president. that's all part of the debate too. It's like, well, do they want to be stained by the political process or not? You know, something. The fact is, the fact is, whatever decision they make, they're going to be chastised by Trump, no matter what the fuck they do. So they got to put out kind of a consistent, coherent vision too, and just pound that drum. Pound that also, drum. Pound, pound three or four issues mercilessly. This may seem a little shallow. Don't look too ugly in these debates, because he's gonna. They're gonna play off that. Oh yeah. About because a lot of, and I even not. It's not because I voted for Hillary. Yeah. But like, 
she did look a little rough sometimes. So it was easy for Trump to be like, look at her. She's she's clearly unhealthy. She'll oh, yeah, die yeah. in office. Yeah. And you're just like, she does kind of look like shit. Yeah, like, well, yeah well, listen. The, and when she, what when she smiles, was, I don't, it may be sincere, but when she smiles, it looks like someone who was taught that day how to smile. Like she literally cannot like, like have a she's an yeah. alien and she saw someone smile and she's like, ah, like she's got this really manic like overly wide like she's it just seems so fake like yeah. i wanted her to embrace like you're clearly a bitter old bitch be a bitter old bitch <laughs> your husband fucking cheated on you and you stayed with him for the power and you yeah. got the power you're a very good politician you've yeah. probably murdered people <laughs> like just be that lady don't like fucking put on southern twangs when you're in the south don't talk like a black person when you're around a black person don't put that stupid shit smile on your face yeah i know that whole like that was when people have to, people have to realize too with what, why trump had an appeal is that the fact that he didn't speak in the usual platitude speak you know that's why some people liked bernie for the same reason, and then went to Trump for that reason. People are like, well, the, the policies. People don't really think that much about the policies, I think. They, they, they can barely think one level below the surface. And I think there's uh, the personality dimension has sway over a lot of stuff. Also, you know? that's so, something that all politicians do. It's not just Hillary Clinton. Anytime someone's in a region, it's good to be here in Texas. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Like like yeah. AOC did it when she was in the South. Yeah. It usually is Democrats. I'm sorry. Well, you're, you're trying to appeal they to try people. They try and be, uh, in general... <laughs> And not even just white people, liberal people overly try to be cultured <laughs> to where like, dude, you don't need to speak Spanish. Oh, like not so even bad. like I don't care. It just you sound weird. <laughs> it doesn't sound right. Or like you'll see someone wearing like fucking like international garb and stuff where you're just like. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> like, how many women have you molested? You, 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 uh, aren't you trying too hard if you do that? You know, it's just, yeah. It I, should be, you know how, how I know I'm cultured? Because <laughs> I have a ton of friends from, like, not comedy that are people of color. Yeah. Yeah. And some of them I've made fun of. Some of them I was mean to in elementary school. Yeah, and we'd be yeah. like, we went through all sorts of phases of relationship. But, like, it just seems so studied. Like, when you see people, like, like you go to someone's house and they're like, "Oh, I'm making frijoles," and you're like, "Oh, dude, why? Why are you?" I get it. You you like people. <laughs> yeah, I. <laughs> yeah, it seems forced. And you know, here's the thing about it. I, I just and I'm not like you know, listen, not like I'm some self-actualized human being, but I, I think there is something where someone can spot a phony. Oh, 100%. And, and I mean like a homeless person. Like there, I think there's a basic horse sense that the average person has that they can just spot a phony, you know? So it's like I've always discovered, you know, take your lumps and kind of be who you are. I read you know? a Facebook status today from a dude. I'm not going to out him, but he's a, he's a local guy from back in Chicago. Yeah. And he's such a fucking virtue signaler, dude. There's a couple people like that where they're just like, hey, hey, gang. Isn't it bad how this happens yeah, with yeah. this cult? Like, dude, we get it. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, here's the thing about it. You know, I, I know I used to get frustrated when I want to have conversations like that. I ruined many a first date, many a first date by talking about politics too soon. Women don't want to talk about it. Straight women don't. That's why I get on with lesbians so well. But this, because they this do status today politics. made me laugh because it was so, you could tell the scraping of the barrel because yeah. like, it's almost Friday, so he's gone through. Like, on Monday, it'll be an abortion post. Yeah. On Tuesday, it'll be something about Charlottesville or, yeah, like, or, yeah. and then Wednesday, it'll be Trump being a Nazi. 
And then, na- and yeah. then now it's Thursday. The concentration tweets and Facebook posts happened yeah. yesterday. Yeah. So, which are they're all very bad. I'm just saying, like as far as the virtue signaling that follows it. Yeah. Of like any th- anytime something bad happens on the right, like people on the left overly like defend themselves almost where it's just like you seem like you're defending yourself <laughs> by like within five minutes proclaiming how unracist you are yeah 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 or feeling the need to do yeah that or prove it you know so by thursday like this here's basically and i didn't go to college so like i i get what he's saying but he was just like hey guys don't you think it's classist that some jobs require a four-year degree to get a good job even though it might not necessarily be in that field well and like i think he was like, I get that some people say that it shows that or because Bobby Hill said he was like some jo- jobs do that because if you can complete a four year degree, it shows that you could trudge through an arduous like four year process uh, and the, you the, can the, hang the, in the, there. Absolutely. Absolutely. It shows that you can actually put time in. And then even know? people were like, that's bullshit. High school's 12 years like your general edu- like that. A high school degree shows you can go through 12 years of it. Uh, it it's more advanced study. Yeah. So your brain and you're able to think better as a result of it. There's no yeah, doubt and about that's, it. You know, if you make it no high school, it. you're you're re, you're relying on how, the quality of your educational system. <laughs> if you let me... Which uh, if in you America let, is uh, rather a wanting and If you weak, let me you know? apply for a government job right out of high school, uh, I'm here to tell you that my top... My senior year of math, I took Algebra 1. Uh, which is like Jeez. right? It's terrible. That's that's what happens. Algebra one was all you had to pass. Oof. Some of my friends f- were done with math by sophomore year. Yeah, no, I had, and I then would, after after algebra one, it was an elective. It was like you took you you could you yeah. could take geometry. But you didn't have to. You didn't required. have to. You could take. You just didn't. Anything after algebra two, it became an elective. Man, uh, yeah, I look back on that, and, and I was not a great student uh, when I was in high school. I got better as stu- as school went on. I matured a little bit, I think, but I had to take my freshman year. I had a oh, what was it? Freshman year, I had a algebra. My sophomore year was trigon was a geometry. My junior year was uh, was it trigonometry, and then my pre-calc. my senior year was pre-calc. I had a pre-calc. That, that was just the step before calculus, and I was always embarrassed over the fact that I never had a calculus class in undergrad. But I took a calculus class in, in grad school, and I aced the final. And, and I look at that as a real point of pride. When I look back on academic, like sort of I was able to stick to it and actually do it and actually do it pretty well. You know? I so, remember in middle school, you know, I knew a couple people. A couple of my scumbag friends were in algebra. Like yeah. in sixth grade, they were in algebra, and that was yeah. a very advanced math oh, for yeah. being in sixth grade. Absolutely. And I just remember being like, what are you, gay? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but look, at the, the, look at the gay guy over here in algebra. My argument with the whole four-year co- four college degree, yeah, it doesn't always apply right away. You know, it, it is, but it is about thinking and learning how to think, and there's no doubt about it that and uh, then my even mind people, simply became stronger because of going to college. People there's were no doubt about not it. disagreeing with debatable. his point, but they were offering, like, reasons why it's and like alternatives that. Or alternatives. But then they would always end it with, like, yeah, but I agree, it's classist. Well, but that's just my generation complaining that they don't have good jobs. Well, you and know, they went to school. Well, you know, the fact is that was a big complaint when I, in the '90s too, and there was actually a good economy. But it, it's just people were poorish because you're fed that lie, or not lie, but you're fed that line, you know. And it's like, but it's just I think I don't get it. I don't get why trade school. This country is so like they look. If you go to a trade school, you're some sort of idiot. I kind of regret that I didn't because my plan before i focused on comedy was i was going to go to school for auto body yeah to like fix collision repair and stuff like that i mean and even though i really wish i did it and still got into comedy 
Yeah, you could you could do you could do both. There was know? one in Illinois. I could have went to it, and uh, it, like at the UTI, I think it was the Universal Technical Institute. It went yeah. out of business. It was like a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. Uh, but there's a bunch of them, and I could have totally done it. And Isn't Devry like yeah. that? Yeah. Yes. And I could have totally done it and still did comedy. Yeah. It would, you, and then I just didn't realize because. And that's something else that I even think changed in show business wise. Like back in the day, you heard like the stories of Robin Williams and Eddie Murphy of just like, like fucking Jay Leno slept in an alley outside of the comedy store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think I come, I was like, I come from the generation of people who like did comedy and went to college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I was. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I thought about during college all the time. I wanted to do stand up, but I was too afraid to do it. You know, and I like were your comedy friends a little like, what do you mean you go to fucking the University of Chicago? Oh, well, we you had, need to quit, man, and yeah, really focus on comedy. There was a few guys that said that. I remember because, you know, I was a, a new comic, but I had some ability. I remember one, one guy. You're not going to get far in school. You, you, what, you, why are you doing that? You know, I have no, I mean, I didn't like graduate school. I found it extremely challenging and difficult, but I, uh, I was able to get through it. Now, there were personal reasons for that we've talked about in previous shows. But there's no doubt from the education point of view, my mind simply became stronger. How did it you affect know? your comedy? Like before before University of Chicago, how many sets were you doing and after? And like during, how were you doing? I didn't look at it that way. When I look back, is that it saved my life. That's the reason why I owe comedy something because I was so unhappy during graduate school that it was an outlet to go out just two or three times a week was a complete release for do me. Do a mic? Yeah, I do a mic. Were you getting booked I, I, on Elevated yeah, at that time and stuff? Of course I was, man. I was, you know, that, that in the Midnight Bible School. See, I you know? were... <laughs> For me in Chicago, being on someone's rotation was like every few months you would do the show. Yeah, no, was I was that like for elevated or no, was it, it was, like once a month? No, it was every three weeks. Yeah, every three weeks I was doing the the, the Bible school or the elevated. I would do them twice a week sometimes. Because with CYSK, which is the biggest show in yep. Chicago, yep. if you do CYSK three times a year, you're like really doing well. Yeah, you know. So, but anyway, yeah. What my point in saying all this is just. It saved me, so I think it really gave me an outlet and a release, and so I really am glad that I had Stan. I had some friends that were outside of grad school. I, d- I didn't like the people of graduate school. I have no friends from graduate school. I don't yeah. have a single friend from graduate school. Yeah, they probably all killed themselves. Well, I, I, or they're I, millionaires, and you'd be a piss, and they would fucking <laughs> urinate in your mouth right now if they fucking well, saw you. Well, a, a, a third of the student, the, the student body that was cool in grad school were from the different countries. The third, like the two thirds that were from the states, like white nerds, ooh. Bad combination. Yeah, Batman. she's from Greece one too. The office bitch. Exactly. Well, she the off. She's the principal. Okay, the the office. Oh bitch. yeah, she was the principal. The other lady was the office bitch. Yeah, she and she's still in. And then that guy's actually from he's the first one. he's from the first one. Yeah. But so there's like a smattering of say six to seven. I always wanted the first movie to end with Rizzo sucking him off. I tell you what, you're you're jacked up tonight, man. You're you're fired up tonight. I can tell you got a lot of energy. But I'm oh, dude, I drank a pot of coffee. This bowl that we smoked. I was was shaking when I came here. But I'm funny, right? Oh, oh, you're on, man. Absolutely, I agree, man. You're sharp. I respect it. Are you losing our train? You challenged me last week. I told Crocious that I want to get hard promoting this, and he flat out said he was like, it needs to be better then. Yeah, no, and it needs to be better on my part too. Yeah. So I was like, dude, even today, like I started preparing mentally at like three o'clock. <laughs> like pacing around, just what am I gonna talk about? <laughs> Make sure everything you say is funny, like it doesn't matter. Keep like it I, sharp. Like I know? feel like even though I I want to get into like 
intelligent dialogue, I feel like sometimes we just explain stuff too much. Where it's just like, oh, we should be telling jokes. Yeah, like, well, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, man. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But I just, I want to open up my mind. Yeah, <laughs> dude, we should do this. <laughs> and on let the mass. Oh, God. is this 1961 in this? What's well, supposed to be? Doesn't obviously. look like it. It no. very much looks like 1982. Exactly, it's 1982, trying to look like 1961. The product, they, they must have not been able to raise a lot. I of didn't money even know Greece One was the 60s. Oh, yeah, Greece One was supposed to be, I think, like late 50s. I think. Okay. You know, I think back when people fucked in car, people still fucking cars. See, that wasn't a good joke. <laughs> now we're failing. Now people are dating. They're not they're not listening. I need to be talking about people Be- getting sucked in off cars. <laughs> it does look bad, though. Oh, it's terrible. What year did Carrie come out? 1976. OK, that, that was the, uh, when I think of De Palma. I mean, that wasn't his first movie. He had a bunch of other movies before that. But that was his kind of breakthrough movie direction wise. It's so De Palma is this the big number? It. Yeah, yeah, this is, yeah, this is, and then. You can always tell by how many people are, by the change of wardrobe. God. This is, the you can, all the money went into this, clearly. But it's, but it's so bad. So bad. I mean. That's like, why I don't understand how this movie so, because it clearly didn't cost anything. Well, how exactly. do you blow it on like something that where it's just like, you don't need, a, you don't even need a lot of money for a musical, but for, to fail this bad. Oh, I know, I know. And, and like after Greece, which was a. I think it made two to three hundred million dollars. That that was a hit back then, and the fact that they had a sequel. That could, I mean, it's also. I think the palette changed the seventies. What I remember too about the seventies, which is interesting. This is an American cultural thing, is there's always a reflection back of a previous decade. So in the in the late seventies, there was a reflection looking back on the fifties as this time of yes, it was a bunch of you know repressed idiots, but it was also kind of romanticized as like a you know a pre hippie time, like the B fifty twos and like and so like I think that the nineteen seventy eight nineteen seventy eight Greece. Greece like was like like a like a fifty you know an homage to the fifties by eighty two that 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 mindset had gone yeah. away the eighties was, was was very much a pivot of of sort of the mentality and sort of the culture the direction it went you know yeah and really is the beginning of all the idiocy that exists right now it's where it really started you know the state was just basically. The, the rich were saying we're not going to pay more taxes. Well, and we're going to trim the state, and that's just what it's going to be. Education. A lot of the kids who enough. were young in the seventies and kind of couldn't participate, like it was almost like weird eighties mods form of revolution. Oh yeah, in the eighties. Oh, oh I, I, like early yeah, early eighty hip kids listening to REM and stuff. Yeah, and, like, I mean, and, the, and the every generation scene. has their revolution, and I feel like the keytar was the revolution in the eighties. When you say the keytar, what do you mean the, the keyboard that's got the little neck on oh, it? Oh, where well, push well, that, the buttons. Well, that that was also like you and see, you're this dance. Yeah, that <laughs> where you snap and jiggle your shoulders like the Carlton dance. Yeah, me. yeah, that that was a big. I mean, the, the, do you have a members only jacket? No, I had a Shams okay. shirt though. There's a very funny comic in LA named named Kevin Tinkin, and he, uh, this might annoy you, he ironically wears a members only jacket. He really? pulls it off. You know what? If if it wasn't such a big bit on I love the '80s, like it was a big like, oh, you're such yeah. a douche. They were so douchey. Yeah. Uh, they don't look bad. We. Well, you know, <laughs> I just I find '80s. Fa- you see, it's so funny when you talk about the '80s because I think of the '90s being such a good follow up to the '80s because I think of the '80s being the time of Reagan and not being a happy person as a teenager, and also it just felt like uh, I don't know. It just did, there was something uh, really artificial. About what if it someone all. was a fucking in a pedophile cult and that was their jacket and he just wore it out accidentally <laughs> one day and someone was like, "Oh, I like that," and he's it, just like, "Oh shit!" That 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 was like the the signal that yeah. you're, you're part of the club or the team. And then before you know it, America's wearing them and they're just like, "We're really rubbing off on people." God. Hopefully, we're rubbing off on children and other people. What a bizarre subculture that would be. You know, <laughs> a, a, a child fucking diddler. Oh my god. 
What a horrible Dude, existence. Not what a it, it, oh totally, but it, it it's an existence for sure. Yeah, absolutely, it is. Uh, There's a whole so fleet of they probably got their I own feel, podcasts on the black web. I, I feel very lucky. I feel very lucky that I had no experiences like that when I was. There's young, an there's a know? theory of infinite universes. So somewhere out there. There's a pedophile Adam and Keith oh, recording their pedophile podcast. Oh, God. Horrible. I don't, I don't want to think about that. That's not my reality right now, so it doesn't well, exist. Well, if you could think about it, your mind would explode because that's what <laughs> infinity's like. You know, but yeah. So that, that that's a high boy moment right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's You know what? It, what's fucked up? It's a high boy moment, but it's scientifically accurate. <laughs> you know, yeah, the, 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 there's a... Uh, They've introduced a, fog and now s- Michelle Pfeiffer's rotating on a Harley very slowly, by oh, the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. It looks a, like they're showcasing scene. it. it uh, obviously, for that's what they're doing. Yeah, they're, they're just like, hey, this is like, you know, this is them falling in love. She's riding up front, very feminist of them. But she's also like, you know, she she loses her concentration. Is she there. actually singing? She doesn't look she, musically inclined at all. I I I I'm sure they dubbed her voice. But she's she's bummed out because the cool rider's not around, so she's lonely. The cool rider. The cool rider's what he. I want a cool rider. The was cool. Was that the dork that was riding yeah, the motorcycle exactly. at the we, beginning? You, he, so he, they reverse Olivia Newton-John. Yeah, that's what I said it. earlier. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I have a bad short-term memory. I understand that. That's what the sweet leaf does to everyone. Dude, I started good. smoking me when I was twelve. It was very damaging <laughs> to my fucking short-term memory. It's the one regret I have of like I have horrendous memory. They clearly tried to get him looking like John Travolta. Well, absolutely from Chicago and they were like the couple like the cool couple of high school I think they banged on set actually probably who who, uh, who was the cool couple in high school when you were for high? me yeah do you remember who the cool couple was I really don't uh, there were a few I mean nah, not really in fucking I remember in middle school <laughs> the cool couple because it was like one of the first relationships I ever yeah. knew of yeah. Sierra Chapman and Taiwan Dawson <laughs> Those names are again two black people, two both very tall. I think that's what initially attracted them. They were like, we're both the same size. Huh. You know, Sierra was cute. Yeah. Uh, uh, actually, younger sister of uh, Joe Chapman, who played at Marquette with Dwayne Wade. Oh, okay. And joined the NBA. I remember she was like almost famous because her brother was the shit. Yeah. He went to Thornton Fractional. And no, Joe played for Bloom. He played for Big Bloom. Joe Chapman. He was a legend, dude. Yeah, who was, were the who were the good athletes of that era, man? Well, like down there, downward. No, it was Joe Chapman. Okay, that's okay. it. And I remember people talking about fucking the DePaul teams of the eighties. Well, yeah, like those, those teams were, great. were legends. Yeah, fucking wait. Strickland, Rod Strickland. Rod Strickland. They had a they had a national recruiting platform. They got Rod Strickland from New York, you know. Yeah, and, but they also, I mean, Chicago, Mark McGuire. Kenny Patterson was a team. Dallas Comedy was on the was on the team. But high school level. Terry Eddie Cummings. Curry. Eddie Curry was a fucking was yeah. a legend. When you were in high school, yeah. yeah, I remember him being great. They lost a state championship that year. TF South, he went to or TF. No, he went to one of the Thornton. He might have just went to Thornton. Yeah, but it was yeah. But he was a big the talk of the town. And I remember Sierra, her brother, like played playground with joe chapman like they were in the same circle he played a couple years in the nba yeah and i remember when Dwayne wade got drafted and when uh but yeah i remember joe chapman leaving high school and we were just like where is he gonna go and like it was he a went big to marquette deal. yeah yeah he went to marquette marquette always does a good job in chicago they always get good players but they curry have curry left went out of high school and yep. i remember when we were Draft in seventh grade when we were in seventh grade joe chapman and eddie curry were both seniors 
And I remember us thinking it was like, isn't Joe good enough to go to the NBA too? Like they, they were like on equal par. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah, I remember Garnett being in high school in Chicago. Well, Eddie Curry was a freak because he was like seven feet tall. Oh, in yeah, high and he school. was like well coordinated and big. He was know? not well coordinated. That oh, yeah. was he was a fucking tripping over his own feet, motherfucker. Yeah, well, wait, sort of like Rashad Griffith. He had big yeah. eyes. Any tall person with big eyes is a fucking oaf. <laughs> <laughs> They're just too like, <laughs> boo. That's what I always think when I see a tall person with big eyes. It's Some like, Ichabod or something. Like, hey, guys, I'm <laughs> just here lumbering around. <laughs> <laughs> Some gawky, awkward. I tell you what. Vin I, Baker ass. My, my yeah, my uh, Vin Baker. Hardcore alcohol. Oh, yeah. He fucking drank millions away, which is impressive. Wow. Well, I think he became a preacher because he had no. He, had, he works at a Starbucks. He's a manager at a Starbucks. Oh my god! Probably makes bank, dude. Oh my god! Got to be making a hundred k a year to, to waste to waste like eighty fucking He's part million of the green bucks. team, baby. Because <sighs> he played like I think he played like thirteen or he fourteen. He went to years the fucking well. He played. He they got him after Sean Kemp left. Who did the Sonics? Well, the Sonics. Because he he played on a Sonics team that wow. was supposed to like he be rem- good. Yeah, he was supposed to like carry it on. And I remember they had one good year. I think after the in '98 they went they won like 50 games. Yeah. And then after that they were pure fucking garbage. Yeah, because yeah, well, yeah, that guy. Then was they got Ray Allen at some point, and then Frank I remember Baker with the Bucks. That was a cl- long tradition of Bucks guys like Ray Allen and stuff. That's what Anton Kupo was going to do the same thing. He'll yeah. Leave. He'll Who leave. else started with the Bucks? That was and then really moved, fucking r- r- good. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. No, it was you my know? era. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, but it's always been notorious for that. Where you guys just they don't stay there because whatever you're going to live in Milwaukee for crying out loud. They can't compete. It's also kind of a, it's not a hip place to live, man. It's not. It's not a, I tell you what, Milwaukee. He's underrated, but there. Are, if you're a stud athlete, go to a big city somewhere. You're gonna have a much better time. You know. I'm gonna go through the nineties. Yeah, yeah, bucks. but yeah, but it's always been the tradition. Dale Harris was their coach. Absolutely, they were good in the, like in the very late eighties, early nineties. They were so decent. They had Dale team. Ellis. Yeah, he was a total wife beater. <laughs> total Alvin Robertson, also a wife beater. They, they had like a thug team. And Fred we Roberts, who played for the for the uh, for the Celtics too. He went to UC Santa Barbara, Fred Roberts. When he was when he was uh, a scouted by the by the Celtics, they knew he was a good shooter because he was totally pale skinned in in, in uh, Santa Barbara. Because he just spent all of his time in the gym shooting a basketball. I think I come into play right at the tail end of the Mike Dunleavy years. <laughs> Todd Day. What a fucking bunch of nobodies. Todd on this Day. Team. Todd they had Day. Moses Malone. They had a very old Moses wow. Malone. Malone played in on 90, the team? in ninety three. Oh, that's amazing. That's also good. Moses Malone was. Man. Yeah. Moses Malone was a great basketball. Six you ten know, two fifteen. W- when people talk about when people talk about uh, the greatest players ever, you know Jordan, Magic, LeBron. See, this Kobe, is when I come into play. Know? Logo change. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But no one ever and Jabbar or, or you know Oscar Robertson or, or Bill Ross when they go old school. They don't talk about Moses Malone. Moses Malone should be in that conversation. Moses Malone had a stretch of four years from the I think it was the seventy eight seventy nine season to the to Glenn the Rice. 80, 80, Glenn Rice played on the Bucks, right? Well, Glenn Robinson. Glenn Robinson played on the Bucks. He was the first pick of the, the, and he was like the big dog from Purdue. Yeah, but so he was actually a pretty good player for them from Gary. He, his kid plays in the NBA thing now. But anyway, my point is. That was, uh, I was on a, a good point about that, about Moses Malone being in the discussion from 78 to 83, so probably a four to five year period. He was 
a dominant basketball well, player. He won three. He won three MVPs. And I remember when the Sixers got him, they were like, "Well, they're going to win the title." And, and they did. Yeah. And they were. They, it was one of the greatest basketball teams ever. You know. And eighty was, what? So, the eighty two. The 82, 83, 80, that's Sixers. A, yeah, that's always difficult with, with basketball because it straddles two years. Yeah. Because it's the it's the eighty three team that won eighty two eighty three team. You know, look at Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh boy, she's a looker. She still looks good. Absolutely. There's a reason why she had a career, you know. A.C. Earl, what a basketball name. Yeah, he played for the, U- the University of Iowa. <laughs> Go through the roster, and I'll tell you what universities they went to. Ray Allen. Well, he went to Connecticut. Yeah. Vin Baker. He went to Hartford. Yep. Uh, Chucky Brown. Uh, I think he might have gone to, like... Uh, you can probably just read him here, too. Was it Providence? North maybe? Carolina State. Oh, North Carolina. I remember that. Yeah, okay. North Jimmy Carruth. Uh, I don't know. Virginia Polytechnical Institute and State University. Okay. VTech. Uh, Sherman Douglas. Oh, he played for uh, Syracuse. Yep. A.C. Earl. Iowa. Yep. Uh, Armin Gilliam. Gilliam? He's dad, UNLV. Yep. He played for the Bucks. Yeah. Wow. Darren was... Hancock. Oh, oh, shit. He, he probably played for like you know, Pacific or something. Kansas. Or... Oh, wow. Well, I should have known. Andrew that. Lang. Uh, Pitt. Arkansas. You made it to Arkansas? Yep. As did Todd Day. As did Lee Mayberry. Quanzo Martin. He went to Purdue. Yep. Johnny Newman. Uh, oh, he went to, he, he played for the, the Knicks too early in his career. Uh, did he go to Kentucky? Richmond. Fuck. Elliot Perry. You don't, don't even know who that is. I don't, I don't know who it is. Memphis. Uh, Sean Respert. Well, he played for Michigan State. Yep. Glenn Robinson. Purdue. Purdue, yeah. Uh, Keith Tower. Notre Dame. God, don't, don't know. Joe yeah. Wolf. Uh, North Carolina, because yeah. he, he's from he's from Wisconsin. Oh, really? He was a legend in, in high Wisconsin school? high school. Like basketball. Rex Grossman. Rex Grossman was a legend out the, in Indiana. They won. They won four championships, state basketball championships. With Joe Wolf. They, they won his freshman year. It's he, so weird. He, how he averaged he, forty points a game. His and was year. probably a nothing pro. Well, I mean, he played like ten years. You know, so he, I mean, this is the end of his career. Yeah. He actually works in the front office of the Bucks right now. David Wood. But he is a legend of, of Wisconsin basketball, an absolute legend. 97, 98. This is like I, I was gonna, way I, into I, basketball yeah, in this year. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know. I don't know any of that. Career. I didn't know. Uh, yeah, Ray Allen was the star at that point. They're making out here. Uh, I, I wish I was that dude because I like Michelle Pfeiffer. She's pretty. Oh, yeah, they boned. You gotta you gotta get used I, to I each think, other. I think he might have been on the other team. Sam Cassell played for the Bucks. Del Curry. Oh, I think Sam Cassell. I think he. I think he started with the Bucks. Vinny Del Negro. That, that's one of the guys who was good and then went on of our original theory with the Bucks. Sam Cassell. He he started with the Bucks and then moved. He on, went to the New Jersey Nets. No, 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 no. I'm wrong. He played for the uh, Rockets. I apologize. I was wrong. I was Tim wrong. Thomas. I was wrong. Tim Thomas was a. Did he go to Villanova? He was a power forward. Right? Yeah. Uh, yep. Jesus. Look at how. I mean, yeah, she was Del fucking Curry. Del Curry from from from. Vodtac. Oh yeah, see, this is when I truly come into play because I remember when George Carl started coaching the Bucks. God, what the NBA has so many retread coaches who coached for three, four, five. Because George Carl left the Sonics. Way. Del, I mean, George Carl was that. Ninety nine, two thousand. He got him to forty two and forty. He was a decent basketball coach. Dale Ellis, they had. You not know. magic. They just oh he they just had Irvin non Magic Johnson. Yeah. J.R. Reed. Oh God from <laughs> Danny Manning. Wow. What a what a weird ending of a of a career, you know? 
going to the Bucks. Like, okay, I'll just make a paycheck. I'm Danny Manning. See, 2000, 2001, I very much remember this year. They had a 52 and 30 record. They were really good. They made the playoffs. Yeah. Rafer Alston, I remember that name. Fucking Jason Caffey also went to the Nets. God. He, he played for the Bulls. Lindsey Hunter. Yeah, I remember he, he played for uh, Detroit early in the Joel career. Prisbilla. Boy, I remember all these names. He Michael to, Red. Yeah, Michael Red went to Ohio State. Prisbilla went to Minnesota, I believe. Yeah. God, and he had Glenn crazy. Robinson. Why do I think Glenn Rice? Because Glenn Rice was of that era, too. Oh, he, played for the, he played for the Hornets. Yeah. He, as did Zoe. He, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, Glenn Rice was a great... I saw Glenn Rice play... Well, I did not. I, saw, I watched him on TV. I'm sorry about that. When I, when I was at Madison... Wisconsin beat Michigan. Glenn Rice had 24 points in the first half. He made six three-pointers. When he shot the ball, the entire crowd went, oh. <laughs> they were just like, they were deflated. Like when he got the ball, you hear him go, oh. Because he was just like, it was obvious they were just, he was going to just score. The Bucks got Gary Payton at some point. They wow. they fucking put on the glove. Wow. Well, that, that's I think they thought, a bad roster. Well, yeah. No, they went 42 and 40. That was probably underperforming because if you think about it, Ray Allen and Gary Payton, they probably thought like this is going to be a fucking Yeah, but Payton was amazing. getting old. Payton was getting old. The glove was getting worn out. Yep. You know, I remember he guarded Jordan. So, oh four oh five, they lose Ray Allen because you have Calvin Booth, Marcus Pfizer. <sighs> oh. Bulls runaway. Kendall bad. Gill. Eddie House. <laughs> I love those Chicagoans who go to Milwaukee and play for a year or Tony two. Tony Kukoc. <laughs> I love Tony Kukoc. Don't you dare laugh the, at that. The, the waiter. You know, this, what was the Croatian waiter? Joe Smith, who well, ended up being really good in the mid, or mid-2000s. Joe Smith played for the Atlanta Hawks, had a real good fucking run. He, well, he, he was the number one player taken in the draft in 95. This is the end. This is the end of Ryan. I don't even think this was the same high school. Like this is so obviously on a lot. Yeah, and then it gets like then they draft Andrew Bogut, fucking Australian, <laughs> Terry Stotts. What a fucking dude. The Milwaukee Bucks suck. Uh, they're great now. They were That's competitive funny. when I was a kid, but they were never good enough to beat the Sixers. I remember or the Celtics. we visited consistently. We visited my dad's friend in Kenosha. Yeah, and it was during it was the year the Packers won the Super Bowl. And I remember we Ugh. were the Bulls were on, and we were like, "Hey, are the Bulls on?" And he was like, "No, we only get Bucks games up here." Look at oh wow, look at how look at how bad this ending is. Yeah, so they're all jumping into the air. It's one of those jump free scenes, and then they pull the picture out and write in marker their name like a yearbook, guys. Oh, it's such. So a the bad movie's movie. ending. This is perfect. I think. Let's see how long we've done yeah, on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, we'll over. wind it down now. Yeah, yeah we got uh, an hour sixteen. Uh, Grease 2 is over. That means we're over. I yep. uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. <laughs> I was fired up. Yeah, good job, man. Uh, we're gonna. I'm probably going to smoke another bowl after we go off the air. Cool. We love you. Subscribe yep. to the podcast. Follow us on social media. We love you. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.